0: Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. Welcome again to another podcast episode. In fact, this is a new series on building the design manifesto. With this new activity, in terms of the business of training and coaching and mentoring architects, designers, and property developers there'll be a series on aspects regarding architecture that has to do with functionalism or functionalism. And this is a bigger thing rather than a specific thing like universal design or barrier-free principles that focus on the implementation or the execution of these principles in terms of design in home modifications and retrofitting, that is something else. But when you talk about theories, you talk about architecture theory, there is a relation, a relationship between the implementation of the theory and uh, it's a bigger picture obviously in light of other architectural theories. And I found this PDF It is a master of architecture thesis from Rice University Library, a study of functionalist theories in architecture by David M. Griffith. It's kind of fascinating. This was completed um, in Houston, Texas on May, 1966, a few years after I was born. The abstract, it starts with an abstract and even the abstract is so interesting. It's written very clearly and could be the the keywords. I find the keywords here to help with the design manifesto. The design manifesto needs to be built and we start with this thesis talking about functionalism. Functionalism is the underlying order in architecture. It embodies and synthesizes the life principle with the universal laws of science. It humanizes architecture and gives it meaning. These thoughts are constantly recurring in the writing of the functionalists who did not disregard imagination but sought to give it order and meaning in relation to men's physical, intellectual, and spiritual needs. The main lesson we can learn from the functionalists is not what they did so much as what they said. Okay, we can learn from them. We can learn from what they have said. We may be critical of the functionalist architecture. Maybe some is working and some veered off to maybe the Dutch structuralists who did social architecture in the 60s and has some interesting design ideas on certain typologies, such as the orphanage, the kindergarten and the schools. And I would always refer to them when I give some design critique to my students. We can learn a lot from them and the ideas that he explored under functionalism. Whatever group they are, the functionalists. And go back to the excerpts. Griffin says here, functionalism is not an object. It is a philosophy, a basis for architecture. No one building can be held up as the perfect embodiment of functionalist principles and many Done by functionalists are quite bad, really. Griffin further add that start with first-hand knowledge rather than second-hand experience. That knowledge based on inductive reason and the sense experiences. Something that we do for our training courses in coaching and mentoring on universal design in getting design with empathy to actually talk about the sense experience. And the first knowledge here, first-hand knowledge that what Griffin said is basically the user's knowledge, the user's experience firsthand rather than second-hand experience, meaning a, a second party or a third party to listening to other people. So we start with understanding the user, the research, the program, understanding of activities, the functional aspects of the design of some building typologies that I mentioned just now, for example, kindergarten or schools or elderly or older person's daycare center or housing. So many of this building type that you cannot ignore the quote-unquote First hand knowledge. So here Griffin mentioned about knowledge based on inductive reasoning. Inductive means you have more input to the reasoning. Rather than deduce, you induct. You get in all this input by the user and it sort of validates what you set out to to validate. You set out a scheme, or you set up a solution Based on a design problem or a problem statement, but is done inductively for you to validate or verify, really, from the first hand knowledge of the users. And then he emphasized on the design, the sense experiences. The sense experiences, it could be a person who's visually impaired. Partially impaired visually, meaning have poor eyesight, or physically impaired. So there is, especially for the um, to do with the blind or the deaf persons, the sense experiences is connecting to the sensory abilities. So we heard of the blind traveler who has hearing. A better hearing sense, or haptic experience that she rely on because of the lack of visual or vision in terms of experience. So furthermore, Griffin said, the conscious following of rules is the surest way to kill freshness. Principles should be fused into the subconscious element of a thought and become one with feeling and intuition. Intuition namely, is the foundation of the subconscious. That's what I read earlier. So rather than thinking so much, we're relying on this aspect, the, uh, the human aspects of emotions and feelings, which is an integral part of our everyday experience. The functionalists concern the rational approach, emphasizing the physical needs of man, because this approach is easily explained and demonstrated, as opposed to the more um, artistic approach. The metaphysical aspects of the intellect and spirit are less satisfying, since it is impossible to drive a point home with a conclusive example. Okay, Griffin? Mr. Griffin further adds, the functionalists repeatedly allude to the intellectual and spiritual needs of men, but in compliance with the physical needs. The functionalist wants to have a reference, which is the physical needs. And when we think about talk about intellectual and spiritual needs, there's some form of aesthetics, some part of the artistic or the nature of theoretical or metaphysical nature, which you can't really pin down, really. But, of course, advances in in, in architecture design. In recent years, when you have psychological needs and mental health, if you were to take the principles of mental health, of self-compassion which is to do with accessibility, responsiveness, and emotional engagement, and you sort of compare it to barrier-free principles which has accessibility, safety, and usability. It's physical. Natural psychological advancement or psychological study or study in mental health actually help to shore up this idea of the functionalist. And because mental health is a lot to do with science as well and the acceptance of the subconscious. Yeah. Here, when um principles, when Griffin mentioned principles should be fused into the subconscious element of thought and become one with feeling and intuition an integral part of our everyday experiences. I think that's kind of like a, an important quotation to, to look into with the design manifesto. In building up this design manifesto that includes um functionalist theories that uh, is proposed in the thesis by Griffin. So Griffin, further the next paragraph, he mentioned about the main difference, the main difference between functionalism and formalism. Bracket, form for form's sake. Yes, I do speak to my student about formalisms, formal and spatial design, formalizing the uh, design spatially, and also the emphasis on functionalism, trying to find a balance. So subconsciously we're thinking about you can't really design form for form's sake. I thought that was so in the past now. But because of advancement in in computer aided design and SketchUp and all these things, where the computer could easily design for you using all those tools, very much I see my students, some of them are drawn to this. Uh, shortcut and um, it seems like designing like a brochure designing like an illustrator rather than an architect so this has made me concerned about um, this development is happening in architectural education and what is something take for granted or being taken off as something that is acceptable, which is something very, um, the skill of the designer needs to have the sense and sensibilities of balance between functionalism and formalism. So what Griffin said, the main difference between these two is that through functionalism expression and delight evolve in accordance with the total needs of man, whereas formalism is an end in itself, compromising the needs of men. This is an assertion by, by Griffin at that time in 1966. We need to uh, look into the future, designing for the future of our older selves, and in doing so as a designer, as an architect, and for those developers who have architectural team. Where is the content? Where is the designing for aging population? For example, for the user that one needs to actually embrace this idea of, um, this idea of functionalism, this new idea of functionalism, that is in the 21st century. So as to, today is just a teaser of what's to come in trying to build the manifesto in conjunction with offering training and coaching and mentoring for architects, designers, and property developers in order to create designs or appraise design or learn how to actually build those skills in understanding disability disability concepts independent living concepts activity daily living the idea of lifetime homes the idea that you designing for Your future older selves. How would you design with empathy? How would you design with a user in mind? Design with you in mind in the future. So, how do you actually take it on board? Part of your skills? How do you actually? Make it second nature rather than seeing that future you, that older you, is them and you are us. No, disabled persons who are around you, who you may acquaint with, they would tell you that disability is an evolving concept and can happen anytime. But for sure, the older you, telling you now that start designing for us. Start designing for us so that we don't waste time, we are able to do flexible, adaptable environments, and it'll be easier, cost-effective when we do so. It doesn't take too much, it's just trying to understand what disability which is an evolving concept and in independent living and embracing it. So in some conclusion here, um, we leave some, some quotes by Griffin in his Master of Architecture thesis. The concept of architecture is space and the content of space is man. Design in context, I would say space by itself is not architecture it must be organized vincent scully said space governs the designs and solids are entirely at the service of its dramatization interesting more precisely space is the design the concept we should organize and articulate space in accordance to our physical intellectual and spiritual needs Now, this was in 1966, and how much we have grown and developed since then. I recall this. I recall these theories, and we learned about these theories when I was 20 years later, when I was studying in the UK, and and appreciate this. And I hope that you appreciate this teaser and for the future episodes. Thank you very much for listening. Hope to to meet you again in the next podcast.